wanted to start on time. I'll, we're going to give just a one or two more minutes because we do have fellowship meal. So I know people are uh, people are kind of lagging behind sometimes when we have fellowship meal. So well, just a couple more minutes for people to file in. I guess it doesn't really work for me to speak and then say we're going to wait a couple more minutes. It's kind of awkward, isn't it? Um, well, let's go ahead and start. I think we're okay. Um, uh, today we're going to look at day six, um, the work of God in creation on day six, which includes the creation of man. And so uh, just a brief uh, preface here. We're going to look at man made in the image of God obviously longer than one day, and so we're just going to briefly get into it today, but we are going to come back to it in subsequent weeks, and so um, just hang on for that. Uh, a lot can be said there, and so, um, but that's the plan today. We're going to get into it a little bit uh, today. Well, let's start with prayer, and then we'll get into our lesson. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, the Lord's Day. We thank you for the day of resurrection, the first day of the week in which we find rest in Jesus Christ, and we enter into the rest that he's given us and experience it, and we um, look forward to the day when we will have that final rest, when he comes again, for, for the Lord is at hand. And so, Father, we do pray that you would bless us this morning as we consider uh, the truth of Holy Scripture and um, how it affects our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, uh, so we are in chapter 1, uh, verses 24 through 27. And God said, so we are now day 6, and God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. All right, so God continues to create by the power of his word. And God said, so he's continuing to speak things into existence. He said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their, according to their kinds. Livestock, creeping things, beasts of the earth according to their kinds. So leopards, lions, pumas, cheetahs, gazelle, deer, horses, dogs, wolves, squirrels, chipmunks, grasshoppers, ladybugs, cicadas, silkworms, ants, lizards, iguanas, crocodiles, giraffes, elephants, hyenas, fox, foxes, coyotes, rabbits, cattle, buffalo, sheep, goats, camels, hippopotamuses, uh, donkeys, and all the rest were made, right? All of these wonderful creatures that we know of that um, perhaps uh, we have seen in person, although um, I don't know if anyone here has seen a hippo in person or a camel. I've never seen a camel or a hippopotamus, uh, perhaps at the, a zoo somewhere. 
Um, but this, these are, this is what was brought into creation, into existence on day six. And these, some of these animals are mentioned throughout Scripture in terms of uh, God's almighty power in creating them. You might think about Job, Job 39. Uh, Job is a good book to go to, uh, to think about uh, the wisdom and the power that's revealed in God creating all things. This is what God said to Job. He said, do you give the horse its, his might? Do you clothe his neck with a mane? Do you make him leap like the locust? His majestic snorting is terrifying. His, he paws in the valley and exults in his strength. And so God is essentially rebuking Job in the midst in, at this, in this chapter for on some level claiming to be wise, uh, claiming to have wisdom like that of God. And God says, no, you are, you are a, a created thing. Where were you when I made the horse and all of its uh, beauty and its power? And that's just one animal uh, that's mentioned there. At various places in Scripture, uh, we are told to consider the ways of these animals that God creates. You might think about a Prover- uh, Proverbs 6. Uh, we are told there in Scripture that uh, a righteous young, a righteous man or woman uh, is to save themselves like a gazelle. He says, save yourself like a gazelle. Think about the way a gazelle flees for its life from, uh, from a cheetah or from a lion. The context of that phrase, of course, is uh, someone who is uh, in debt to someone else, who's given a pledge to someone else, and God says, don't be slow to try to get yourself from underneath their, uh, their control or from underneath um, their debt. He says, save yourself like a gazelle. In the same chapter, we are also told to go to the ant. He says, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. A little sleep, a little slumber, and poverty will come upon you like a robber. And so this is God speaking to man. And he's telling man to think about the animals and to learn a lesson from them on some, on some level. He says, go to the ant, consider her ways. Ants are industrious creatures. They work very hard and they work, uh, they work together to accomplish tasks. Uh, God says, don't be lazy. Work hard. Even ants work hard. Uh, work hard and uh, otherwise poverty will come on you very quickly if you don't. Um, we might also think about the way in which God's word describes Jesus Christ as the lion of the tribe of Judah. The ferocity, the power, and the majesty that is seen in a lion teaches us something about the almighty kingship of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, that reference wouldn't make any sense, right? To consider the lion, its power, um, its majesty. It tells us something about the kingship of Jesus Christ. The beauty and the power and the wisdom of the sun is revealed in each beast, along with the birds and the fish, in each of their particular ways. So we, we can't forget this, that the glory of God, Father, Son, and Spirit, but also the glory of the Son, Jesus Christ, is revealed in all of the beasts of creation. Think about Hebrews 1 again. I think we've mentioned this before. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, 
whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Through the Son, the Father created all of these wonderful beasts. And so in some manner, we see the glory of the Son revealed in all of them. Now think about Revelation 5. Uh, John sees this vision. He says, I heard, I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. So all creatures bring him glory once again. Uh, okay, so uh, one of the things that we see here is that um, the blessing, remember last week we saw that uh, God created the, f- the fish of the sea and all flying creatures, the birds of the air, and then he blessed them. Uh, he blessed them and told them to, commanded them to multiply and to fill the earth. That blessing given to the birds from God and the fish still applies to these creatures made on day six. And in fact, we get another blessing uh, after man is created. So after man is created, he blesses the man and says, multiply and fill the earth. And so in some sense, the blessing from day five and also the blessing upon man would cover, um, would cover these animals. They are to multiply, they multiply and fill the earth. They are, also, they are also called living creatures, and here they multiply by the power of God's word uh, through the mating of male and female, female pairs. And so God creates them from nothing. He creates them, um, most likely he crea- created a significant amount of animals. He brings forth entire herds of cattle, for example, entire, um, entire dens of lions. But from this time forth and, and until the end of time, uh, animals will reproduce by multiplying. That is, by having male and female pairs come together and have, having offspring. Um, we see this, uh, this regular way in which animals multiply uh, repeated or referenced again after the flood in Genesis 6 when God tells Noah to take a pair of each animal, male and female, to preserve them. And so the normal ways in which animals are created in history was actually preserved at the the flood, but that's how uh, God uh, multiplies them and creates them still. He still does this. So uh, for some of you who have uh, ranches, have animals on, on, your, uh, on your property, um, the chickens that you have, the cattle that you have, they still multiply, not just by chance. They, are, they multiply by God's word. And so he's still at work uh, through those processes uh, today. And so again, we're reminded that God... Um, uh, blesses these creatures, and we see this in 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 reality and in, in a practical way, right? Animals of the ground, even of the water and the air, they have a kind of uh, soulish quality to them that plants don't necessarily have. Um, this comes from God blessing them, directly speaking to them and blessing them and commanding them to multiply. And so again, we are reminded of the immediate and uncontested power of God's word. He says, let the earth bring forth 
and it was so. There's no resistance. There's no competition. He speaks, and it happens. And then God surveys his work during this portion of day six. Now remember, we're on day six. He's making the beast of the field, but he's not done. He's still got some work to do. Uh, And we'll look at that in just a minute. Uh, But he pauses here and looks at this portion of day six and deems it good. These animals are created good uh, in that they reveal his glory. They serve a purpose for man. They will serve a purpose for man. And so he deems it uh, good. Now we do this as well as uh, men and women made in the image of God. Uh, we, We are given tasks. We are given work to do. And when we finish that work, we pause and survey it and decide whether or not it's good. And we delight in it. We delight in the work that we've created. Um, this is something of what ha- is happening here. I'll stop there uh, for a minute. Any thoughts or questions? Okay, let's keep going. Um, God, God did create cats, by the way, on day six, too. So um, that is true. Uh, Although some people might not believe that, but um, yeah, yeah. So all all the creatures of the earth, and um, they come, they came forth from the earth. Yes, Carolyn. Great question. Yeah, I thought I, I thought I would get this question. Yeah. Um, Yeah, repeat the question. Uh, So the question from Carolyn is, uh, what about mosquitoes, right? Uh, Mosquitoes and all these different types of insects that are really just pests. They hurt us. They cause problems. Um, What what benefit, right, could you possibly get from a mosquito? Um, Or, you know, a fly, you know, flies for that matter on some level. Um, Yeah. is, is there the fact that they're annoying, their pestiness, uh, um, as a result of the, of the curse, right? Uh, Calvin actually believed that on some level, some of the pain that's caused from some of these animals, I mean, you think about mosquitoes that pass on viruses and things like that, and then, of course, I mean, you know, at my house, in the summers, it's nearly impossible to sit out on the porch because of the mosquitoes. I mean, they just completely take over and they bite you from head to foot. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's not pleasant, right? And certainly something that's not pleasant, how could you deem that good? Um, So Calvin did believe that some of that, some of that is a result of the, of the curse of the fall. Um, How far we take that, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Yeah. 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 Um, the, a very another good question. So the question was about snakes. We're we're going, we're going to get to that, right? So Satan takes the form of a snake, and then it appears that uh, God curses the physicality of the snake by causing the snake to crawl on its belly from from now on, right? So it loses its legs. 
Um, so you might think about a lizard, you know, that has legs. You know, you take the legs off, it become, basically becomes a snake. Um, yeah, so what's going on there? Uh, let's save that question until we get there, if you don't, if you don't mind. Um, uh, I'm not really, yeah. No, that's great. No, these are great questions. Uh, and then what about the, ven the fact that some snakes are venomous and can kill us? Um, yeah, now certainly the fact that animals can kill us is a result of the curse on man and on the world. Now that, that's certain. Um, now whether or not that venom in and of itself is bad, that's another question because um, it appears, if you look at other places in scripture, it appears that an, ar an argument could be made that the fact that animals eat each other and hunt each other is not necessarily bad. It's not a result of the fall. Um, we'll, um, I, I hadn't thought about when we'd look at this. I guess we could think about it now. But it, I mean, one of the places you see that is in Psalm, um, Psalm, I believe it's 104, 108, somewhere around there. Yeah, 104. Um, the psalmist is speaking of creation, and he talks about how God provides the lion with its food, right? And it's in the midst of God talking about the goodness of creation, even the original creation. And so um, it could be argued that um, the, the power and the, the speed and the fierceness that's seen in animals hunting one another isn't necessarily a result of the curse of the fall, but reveals God's power, his, his, his might. Um, so, to your question about venom, that's, that's something that's, that we could think about. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think Tom had his hand up next. Tom. Sure. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. It's possible. Um, that's possible. Uh, that he created one generic dog. I'm not sure if it matters all that much, but um, uh, yeah. The other argument would be like dogs have certain, there's certain kinds of dogs, and he did create those kinds of dogs originally. Um, so yeah, uh, Jeff.
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's certain. So Jeff brings up the point. There's a reference in Scripture where we're told that the new heavens and the new earth, the lion lays down with the lamb, and so that's a picture of you know the peace that would exist between one creature that would normally hunt this other creature. Um, yeah. So. And when you talk about that, if you, if, if you do make the argument that, uh, that man or that animals killing each other is a result of the fall, uh, then you also have to talk about the death of plants too, right? Because plants were given to animals for food. And so, you know, is that imperfection? You know, is that uh, the fact that plants die because, uh, because animals eat them? And so... Um, you do have to, you have to think about uh, the definition of perfection, right? Um, and so I guess the argument could be made that, you know, the, the death of animals hunting each other is a result of, perhaps a result of the fall. And um, one of the things that we do see is, which would ground that, what, Jeff, what you're saying, is that uh, God created the animals from the earth. Right? So he says, let the earth bring forth living creatures. Let the earth bring forth cattle and all these types of beasts. Right? And so there's a relationship with the earth and the animals. And then man, his, at least his physical body, is brought forth from the earth. And so there is a connection. What man does will affect what happens in creation. Right? And that there, is, there, there was a dramatic effect when Adam sinned. We now die because of what animals do. We can die as a result of uh, what animals do to us. That definitely is a result of the fall. And so that's something uh, we want to keep, uh, keep in mind. Yeah. Um, let's see. I think, Carolyn, go ahead. Go ahead. Sure. Possibly. That's the first time that an animal was, it's the first time that anim, an animal was slain uh, for the sins of man, that's, that's for sure. Um, that's the first time an animal was offered up as a sacrifice to God for, for man's sin. That, that's very clear, yeah. Uh, Josue, yeah. That's all right. So, it, yeah. So the question is, why, why does God give a command to man to be fruitful, to fill the earth, to work the ground, right? To keep and work the ground. 
and he doesn't necessarily give that command to animals. Well, in one sense, he does give the, he does give the blessing to animals to multiply and to fill the earth, right? He gives it to the fish, the birds of the, of the heavens. He doesn't, we're not told that he speaks directly to the animals on day six in this way, but he does speak to man in that way. And so it would seem that his blessing to man to multiply and fill would also cover over the animals that were created on, on day six. And then you also have the way in which he spoke to the animals on day five. And you also have to think about how they multiply today. It makes sense that he also, that blessing is for them too. Um, uh, in terms of, uh, and so there is some, on some level, he did speak to the animals in a similar way as he spoke to man. But he also treated man very differently, which is what we'll look at in the next couple weeks or so. Uh, man was given a, a, a very precise uh, obligation. Um, and we'll look at that. And so uh, that the animals aren't given. Um, and, and we're going to look at that in just a minute. But yeah, good question. Um, yes, Mike. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, you could think about the difference between the word, you know, calling something perfect and calling something good. I think there's a lot of overlap there, right? And I think that's what Jeff was getting at—just the goodness. And um, so, I guess at the end of the day, it doesn't matter all that much, you know, whether an ant died before Adam sinned um, or not. Uh, um, what does matter, though, is if you begin to treat the death of animals in the same way as you treat the death of man, men and women, right? Men and women are created in the image of God. Animals are not. They're creatures. They're beasts. They're living things of the earth. They're not people. Um, and so there's a very uh, significant gap between uh, what man is and what, what animals are. Um, and we are to have dominion over them, to treat them well, enjoy them, for sure. Sometimes I enjoy my dogs, right? <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> uh, um, and we're, so we're to enjoy those things, uh, but we always want to guard that, the difference, right? Which is what we're going to look at in just a second. All right, well, let's keep moving on. Um, we got a lot to get through here, and uh, we still got communion and fellowship meal. All right, so here we, here we come to the creation of man. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let him have dominion. Uh, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Okay, so we now come to the crown jewel of God's creation. This is where we were headed from the very beginning. As wonderful as all these things were, including the sun, the stars, heaven and earth, all these creatures, all these things were made for this person here, for this creation, man and woman. 
uh, the divine fiats of the first five days and the first part of this day have kept moving us forward. We're kind of, we kind of have been going at a vigorous pace. You know, you're thinking about God said and it was so, God said and it was so, God said and it was so, right? We're moving, moving forward, forward. And then we get to day, this part of day six and we have to slow down. The scripture, the word causes us to slow down. Instead of let there be, what happens? Or let the earth bring forth, we don't see that here, what happens? God still speaks, but he's no longer addressing anything in the created realms. Who, is he, who does he speak to now? He speaks to himself. Let us make man, right? Very, very different way in which he goes about making this next creation. He pauses and speaks to himself. He doesn't just say, let there be man. He says, let us make man. And so this is a very personal, special activity from God. And so with, with this inner contemplation of God, we are alerted to the fact that something special is about to be made. Now the plural, let us, right, let us, it's likely a reference to his triune personality, a reference to the Trinity, uh, but we also are brought back to the fact that God is one in verse 27. So God, that is one God, created man in his image, singular, right? So you have the plural and you have the singular uh, together. And then, of course, we get to man and we find that there, there's diversity there as well. There's a plurality there as well. It's not just one person, it's two, male and female, right? Um, so you can see... Uh, you can see the plurality of the Trinity and the unity of the Trinity, all, all uh, evidenced here in the creation of man. To man alone is given the supreme dignity and the honor of being made in the image and the likeness of God. None of the beasts that were created earlier, none of them share this designation. Not even the angels are made in the image of God. Psalm 8, you have made him a, lower, you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. This is... This is the glory and honor of man, to be made in the image of God, or at least that's part of it. Image and likeness are referenced here four times. Four, four references to image uh, or likeness. Mankind, this is what one writer said, one theologian, he says this, mankind is in the image of God and he alone. The singular honor marks him out as God's choice creature. And so uh, this is what scripture is alerting us to here. Now, of course, the next question is, what does it mean for man to be made in the image of God? What does that mean? And we're, this, we can take a long time in this, and we're going to look at it some more in the subsequent weeks. Um, but for now, uh, you can think about chapter 5 in Genesis. This is talking about Adam and his progeny, Adam and Seth. It says, when Adam had lived 130 years... He fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. And so image, on some level, we can understand what image means by the way in which a son reflects or images his father. The way Seth reflected the nature and the behaviors of his very own father, Adam. That is what we are to do. We are to reflect something of what God is and what God does. Um, and we have plenty of material to work from. You look back on the, the 
the previous days, God worked very hard for six straight days, creating, producing, uh, contributing to the world. Uh, on some level, man was to, be, was to do that as well and to have dominion, which um, uh, God has over all things. Okay. Um, in the immediate context, and so we're asking the question, what, is, what does it mean to be image? In the immediate context, we see that being made part of God's image consists in having dominion, subduing the earth, filling it with other image bearers. This is what we'll look at next time. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the animals in creation. Over everything I've just made, you have dominion over it. And so part of this image that we are made in consists in having some type of lordship, dominion over the world. Now, we have to remember that this is not absolute dominion. We are not given free reign to do whatever it is we please. We are, we are reigning under the supreme ruler, God himself, right? We are his image. We are the image of God for sure, but we are the image of God. We reflect him. And so he has absolute dominion. So we're like, uh, so we're like prince, princes and princesses on, in the world that have dominion over, over all things. We're vice regents under God, as it's been said. Um, the inestimable honor of being the image of God, I think, is illuminated further in the New Testament when Jesus Christ is referred to as the image of the invisible God. And so the eternal Son is the, origin, is the original image. And so on some level, we are made after his image. He's the original. We are the, we're derivative. We're, we're the image. We, we are made in his likeness. And so... When we are redeemed in Christ and we come to have faith in Christ, that image is restored, it's renewed to be like Christ, who is the image of the invisible God. And so, um, and so these are some of the things that we can bring to bear on this, on this fact that we are made in the image of God, each one of us, each, um, each person um, that is made. I'll stop there for just a second. I've got a couple more things to say here, but... I want to see where you're at. You guys good with all of that? Any questions on that? Or comments? Yeah, Sunha. Yeah. Cain and Abel, but not for Cain and Abel. Yeah. Yes, yes, we're, we're, we're heading there in just a second. Good question. Um, but your first question is uh, about Seth. Seth was made in Adam's image and likeness, but what about Cain and Abel? Well, they were too. Um, it, it, applies, it applies across the board uh, to children. Um, and we see it, right? We, we have children, and you can look at them. You know, they're our biological children. You can look at them and see... 
they take on our attributes, do they not? How often do you look at a son and see the father standing next to him and say, man, he looks just like his dad, right? And so it applies across the board. Um, it wasn't just Seth that was Adam's image and likeness. It was all his, all his children, right, on some level. Um, and so uh, we, want, we want to make sure we affirm that. But let's, let's go to the next thing. Unha brought this up. Um, man's image has been marred by sin, for sure. Man, our, our image is defiled, it's distorted because of sin, that is for sure. But we are still the image of God, regardless of whether or not one believes in Jesus Christ or is a Christian. Um, we see this in chapter 9 of Genesis. Um, God gives the command to protect human life. He says, whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed, for God made man in his own image. This is after the fall. We see this also in the New Testament. James refers to man in general as the image of God. And so it's important for us as Christians to recognize that everyone we come into contact with, everyone, is the image of God. They are made in the image of God. That image is still there on some level. Even unbelievers, even the most vile, wicked person that you can think of is still, on some, in some sense, the image of God, the image and likeness of God. Now that's important, I think, for us as Christians because we, we should treat them as such, right? We don't come to other people and treat them as less than or as inferior or like the beast of the field. We need to give them the dignity and the honor that comes along with being made in the image of God on some level, right? Now, of course, we can't do that all, all the time and at every, every, every place, but um, that is to be our, that's to be, um, that is to be the way we think about every human being in the world. It's to be our stance, our, our heart's stance when we come to people in the world, when we come across um, others outside of our own families, outside of our own churches. They are made in the image of God. God's image is everywhere. His glory is revealed in man everywhere, men and women everywhere, and we should treat them with, with that same dignity and love them and love even our enemies, as Jesus said. Um, and so I think that's an important element for us to remember, that the image still remains even after sin, um, uh, sin enters into the world, even though that image is distorted. And we'll talk about that some more. Um, yeah, Jay. Yep, absolutely. Good question. The question is, if all men are created in the image of God and we dishonor another person made in the image of God, is can we say that in some sense we dishonor God? Yes, absolutely. In fact, if you think about murder in general, what's happening there? A person is essentially wanting to eliminate God's evidence of himself in the world, right? And that's precisely what he says in Genesis 9. Man is made in the image of God. You shall not shed the blood of man. They are my image. They bear my glory. You are attacking the Lord himself. You're attacking God himself in the attack of the image. So yes, absolutely. Um, 
And this, this goes across the board, Christians and non-Christians alike. We are to treat them on, on some level with the, um, as much as we can with, with the dignity and the honor that they, that they have as being made in the image of God. Lastly, uh, image of God means that we are naturally oriented towards God. We are made in the image of God. And so men and women, in distinction from beasts and in distinction even from the angels on some level, although, you know, we see in angels that in the scripture they seem to be a lot like men, right? And they appear as men, looking like men, but they're not the image of God. Angels are not the image of God. Man is. Which means that we are especially oriented to have fellowship with God. To worship Him. In our natural state, that is what we're made for. The world was given to us, but it was given to us so that we might have a place to be with Him. If that makes sense. If you can see how all these things tie together. Heaven, earth, we're on the earth. Our our orientation is to be towards heaven. It's our natural, it's, it's natural for us. That's why when sin comes into the world, what do you see? You see that worship that's natural to, natural to be given to God alone. It's given to all other sorts of things, right? I mean, why do people still gather in Buddhist temples? Why do they still gather in, in mosques? I mean, why? Because we're made to worship. We're made to serve. We're made to have fellowship and communion with God himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Sin causes us to find that anywhere else except in heaven. And so we want to keep that, keep that in mind, that being with the Lord, having communion with him, is natural to us. It, it is what we were made to do and to be, and, um, and it's restored in Christ after the fall. Yes, Carolyn. Yeah, that, yeah, the, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. What about when God commands Joshua and the Israelites to kill, to um, eliminate people made in the image of God in, in, uh, in the promised land? Well, that, that, command, that command came from God. It's not our prerogative, right? We don't get to decide. Um, now, you have to keep in mind, and in, the, in that conquest, what were the Canaanites doing? They were, they were killing their own children made in the image of God, right? They were sacrificing them in the fires of you know, Molech or whatever gods they were worshiping. And so the judgment that came upon them through Israel was deserved. And so um, God is free to do with his creatures whatever he pleases. We're not, right? We always serve under him. Um, let's stop there. We've run out of time. Uh, Lockwood, do you have a question? You can save it till next time if you're okay. Yeah. That's okay. I'm not, um, I don't think that's correct. Yeah. They were human. Yeah. I, I, I have a really tough time defending that stance from the Bible. So, but it's, a, it's thought-provoking. So let's hold that off until next time. Um, let's pray together. Yeah. 
Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time that you've given to us in, um, uh, to study Holy Scripture, to uh, learn about what you've done since the beginning of the world and what you continue to do today. Father, we do pray that you would guide our hearts and minds, that we would be um, as humble people before your word, uh, still serving under your absolute dominion and the dominion of Jesus Christ, our Savior. We thank you that you have renewed our image in him and that you continue to do so today. We pray, Father, that you would prepare our hearts now for worship as we, made in the image of God, are made for this very thing. So we ask that you would do this in your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all.